To be honest, we recorded this episode once before, but um, technical difficulties, so... Sorry! (laughs) No, it's okay! Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm Grace. And today, guess what? So, we're doing another uh, philosophy, but not really, because we've really been on a roll recently. And also, it might be because <laughs> I have my IV exams coming up, so I don't actually want to prep for any episodes, so we're just going to talk on about questions for yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> Anyways, let's just get right into it. So, question number one. <laughs> Grace, if all your memories were erased, what kind of person would you be? So... I think this one kind of adheres to the nature versus nurture debate, right? Because mm-hmm. memories is nurturey, and if you have no memories, then it's just like pure naturey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in the deleted episode, we actually talked about how maybe, possibly, our natures come from our basic human desire. So, like, if someone asked Amy or me, what's the one thing that you want most in life? I think we've talked about this before, where both of our answers would kind of just be to be liked or loved by other people. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And that, that's a recipe for people-pleasing, but it's okay. And then we talked about our different Enneagram types. And, like, maybe I was proposing that maybe our different Enneagram types are kind of... They come from our nurture. So, like, how we... The path that we take to get to our nature or, like, to our ultimate desire in life. Yeah. So even though Amy and I both just really want to be loved by other people, we have pretty different ways to get to that core of being loved so like for Amy who identifies as a type three I remember her telling me that part of the reason why she values academic achievement so much um partially from her upbringing and then partially because of that she feels like people will like her more because of it Mm -hmm. which I don't think is true because I think everyone loves Amy already like how could they not but (laughs) but and like meanwhile on my side Um, I have more of the, like, people-pleasing to get people to like me, or, (laughs) like, losing all of my personality. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just, like, kind of, like, keeping the peace and not wanting to be confrontational about anything, and also just, like, going with whatever everyone else wants in order to make them like me. Yeah. So, oh, right. I, I like vaguely remember this conversation. So like our hypothesis, <laughs> I think, right, was mm-hmm. that our core motivation to get people to like us is like mm-hmm. what comes from the nature and then the methods we use mm-hmm. to acquire that core or fulfill that core motivation comes from our nurture. So, yeah. yeah okay. I remember that. Wow. Look at us go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was like a really cool thing that we discovered in our corrupted episode. Mm-hmm. Sad. <laughs> sad but it was really cool because the other day amy and i um kind of obsessed with the enneagram but we were reading through this page on the enneagram institute and we were like looking at all of the different all of the different like core emotions and core motivators behind each of the enneagram types Mm -hmm. and we thought that it was really interesting because on that website it said that you don't really change your Enneagram type. You don't really change your and Enneagram like, type. And, like, your, your, right. your Enneagram type doesn't really change. Yeah. Which, 
kind of goes against our hypothesis at the moment because the way that I like to think about it is because our type is influenced by our nurture and our upbringing. So like how the methods that we use to fulfill our core motivation comes from our type and our type comes from our upbringing. So then it feels a lot more fluid. But Mm -hmm. maybe that's just coming from a type 9 Enneagram person Mm -hmm. because type 9s are really fluid. And like, I think Amy and I went through all of the types the other day and we were like, okay, which ones? And I was like, okay, I kind of relate to all of them. And then Amy and I were like, okay, which ones does Grace not relate to? And there were like two that I didn't relate to, which is very interesting because I feel like I've kind of just like bounced around the Enneagram for like different ways of getting people to like me, but I've settled (laughs) on type nine. Yeah, we we attributed (laughs) that um, discovery to Grace's type nine-ness because that was the type that... um, is a little more fluid and then like sometimes is more willing to change their personality to adhere to other people other people's like expectations or something Mm -hmm. yeah and also just because they're the type that um like is able to see things from the most perspectives i Mm -hmm. think so they're the most likely to kind of like become more fluid Mm -hmm. and relate to more of the other types too which i thought was very interesting yeah but I feel like that was actually the reason why I got into the Enneagram in the first place, because I heard of it on a podcast, and I decided to do the test, because, like, personality tests are kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, even though they're very long, but they're, like, kind of fun, and so when I started reading about type 9, because I got identified as a type 9, when I started reading about type 9, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so hurt. Like, I didn't know this was a thing that other people felt. I thought it was just me going crazy and not being, like, a person slash not being in tune with my human emotions anymore. But it's actually a thing. And I just, like, felt like someone understood me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Aw, that's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah, I I forgot exactly what the wording on Enneagram thing, uh, on the Enneagram was, but... I do remember the thing you're talking about, um, how it said that people don't switch types. And then, like, the implication behind that is pretty, pretty significant because then it's just saying that, like, people are born with a personality. I think they did say that, that, like, Mm -hmm. your um, hereditary or whatever, your genetics does um, set the base for your personality. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's a little scary because I feel like society right now tends to believe that most of personality comes from nurture um Mm -hmm. and then it's just like your circumstances and everything that influences your personality but uh i don't know it's a little too scary to think that your base personality actually comes from your genetics because i think that has like people still have um the nazi regime stuck in their heads (laughs) (laughs) like it wasn't that long ago Mm-hmm. And like what Amy was saying, if all of us are basically born with a predetermined personality and all of that is determined by our genetics and all of that is determined by nature, mm-hmm. then the answer to the question that Amy proposed would be, even if you lost all your memories, you would still fundamentally be the same person. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if I believe that. Okay, but in like novels or stories that we've read before, mm-hmm. people consistently like lose their memories but then usually they're the same person right yeah yeah it's like their personality usually doesn't change even though they don't remember anything Mm -hmm. like the way that they treat 
certain people slash their relationships with certain people will change if they don't remember them anymore. But that's kind of natural because obviously if you're really close to someone, then you're going to treat them a certain way. But if you suddenly lose your memory and you don't remember them anymore, then you're obviously going to treat them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing earlier about like, I think you said something about helping people. Uh, is that saying that even if you lose your memories, your morals and your values are still intact? Ooh, I, that's actually a really good question because that brings up the question of how much of your morals is shaped by nature and how much is shaped by nurture. Mm-hmm. Okay, back in grade nine social studies, we were learning about um, different ideologies and there's this one ideology where it's a little bit more, I won't say pessimistic, but they're basically saying that humans are born inherently not good. Mm-hmm. And the other philosophy was more of humans are inherently born good. Like children. Oh, are is this like Locke and Hobbes and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Marxism? Yeah. Oh, I remember doing this unit like far back. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Yeah. Side note. I. I don't know how many of you guys are in, like, the Twitch scene or the gaming scene, but I remember there is this, like, one episode of, like, Mizkif's... Okay, this is a huge tangent. (laughs) Mizkif, who's a streamer, and he has this show called Schooled, and in, like, one of the last questions was something about... Something... I don't know. Something, like, related to that, and then it was, like, a quote, and then I think the answer was, like, Jean Rousseau. Do you remember Jean Mm -hmm. Rousseau? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the guy who's like, people are born inherently good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then I was like, wait a minute, I actually know that. (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) um, that information may be helpful in the future if you're participating in a game show. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Write it down, write it down. (laughs) Yeah, and like, because of that, I was thinking that if humans are born inherently good, I feel like to me that means that they're inherently born with morals. And this is a, I think to me, this is more of the viewpoint where children are born inherently good and then because of the corruption of the world, their morals might shift. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of the coin is humans are not inherently born good. And I think coming from that train of thought, um, to me, that would mean that people gain their morals from their personal experiences. So from nurture and not from nature. Hmm. Hmm. So, okay, Grace, which one do you believe in? Just curious. Okay, I, this is partially coming from my upbringing. (gasps) Wait, okay, well, this is partially coming from my upbringing, and then partially coming from my idealism. I don't know how much that comes from my upbringing, but I would like to believe that humans are inherently born good. Nice. Okay, that that reminds me of this question I had a while ago on like how moral children really are. Because like I'm pretty sure the answer are children's children are not moral. <laughs> because mm-hmm. the the example that comes to my mind is how children how certain children treat animals. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there are a lot of instances where a child child doesn't really know how to feel sympathy for an animal and mm-hmm. like. It's like it's like the burning ants under a magnifying glass, stuff like that, mm-hmm. or like having yeah. fun, not really understanding that all of these animals are alive and then like can feel pain and everything. But honestly, mm-hmm. like when you're adult, then you're more uh, you're you're more sympathetic towards the animals. <laughs> but also, yes. like children are the like model child. <laughs> that seems a little weird. <laughs> children are the model yeah. child, yeah. Um, or like the gold standard for morality and mm-hmm. innocence and purity and like not not being corrupted. 
But I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if children are necessarily born good, or maybe they're just born good because they haven't been corrupted, but you still have to, like, instill, uh, like, values and, like, how to feel sympathy in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, you bring up a really good point, because I definitely agree um, with everything that you're saying. I think that children are inherently born good, but that doesn't mean that they're perfect, because, like, nobody's perfect. Mm. Um, I think that children need to develop self-consciousness. I don't think that children are ever truly corrupt. Like, I don't think they have really corrupt intentions ever. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, what you were saying, a lot of the time they don't practice empathy very well or Mm -hmm. they're not very sympathetic to realizing that the people and animals around them also have feelings. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they fully realize the consequences that their actions may have. So I think that they have... Good intentions, and I think they are, like, morally inherently good or, like, not corrupt. But I think that they are not realizing the impact of their actions, and they're not very self-conscious. And this actually brings up a very interesting conversation that Amy and I had in the past, where um, Amy was saying, you know what, Enneagram type 9 is, like, the opposite of a child, It's a very unnatural state to be in because you're like almost kind of an out-of-body experience where you're so focused on the world around you and perceiving everyone else's emotions and being so self-conscious that you don't even really feel like you're in your own body and living anymore. Mm -hmm. And so Amy was like, you know what? Type 9 is kind of like the opposite of children because children really aren't very self-conscious like they do very impulsive things they shout in public they might like hit you with a dinosaur toy (laughs) okay that reminds me i was at the library today and then i just or was it yesterday i don't remember no today and then i remember just seeing this like child having a meltdown on the floor and refusing to leave and she just like laid down while the mother was like please get up this is a library (laughs) it was an interesting sight um yeah yeah okay and then right 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 and that reminds me, okay, I was I was uh, listening to a little bit of the Johnny Depp trial again, and then you know how they brought oh, up yes. that psychologist up? Yeah, and I remember yeah. she she was defining personality for the jury, because um, mm-hmm. like she was asked what are personality disorders, and then I remember she said, oh, if you're looking for a definition or example of personality you can use, then um, you can just think of your child or think of a child, and then usually their personality is really apparent and then that that interested me because I was like, huh, I didn't really think children had personalities because, um, okay, I, I know Grace just said that I said that children were the opposite of type 9, but then we had this other theory where yes. we thought that children were really similar to type 9s because they haven't really gone through any life experiences that defined their personality. They didn't have like a strict moral or um, moral code. They didn't have that many values, stuff like that. Like they didn't go through the whole coming of age, developing a personality thing, but mm-hmm. But that statement was kind of, like, interesting and contradictory because she was saying, oh, if you're looking for a prime example of seeing a clear-cut personality, look at a child. And I was like, what? Children have personalities? (laughs) So, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's really interesting. I think the first thing that popped into my mind was that children because they don't really have any self-consciousness they never hide or try and manipulate their personalities yeah so that's like the opposite of type 9 unapologetically themselves (laughs) to the point where sometimes it's kind of embarrassing like when they're having a meltdown in the library (laughs) unapologetically (laughs) themselves please have some consideration for the people around us yeah 
Huh. Okay. So let me think of my baby self. Because I am, I am a very proud of my baby self. Because everybody loved baby Amy. <laughs> okay, wait. This is so interesting. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> because I, I, okay. Whenever I, my ego is hitting a low, I just ask my mom to tell me baby stories because they're always compliments. <laughs> because like, first of all, I was a good baby since like my contraception. Like I never bothered my mother or anything. And you know what? I came out before. You know how there are stories about like women staying in labor for like twenty hours. I came out in. 20 20 minutes <laughs> the doctor even didn't even get there yet like the nurses were telling my mom to like to hold it <laughs> and i was like nah i'll make this job really easy for you so from the onset i guess i i was very convenient <laughs> anyway yes. and then also like i never cried well i probably cried a little bit but i never cried i always let like the people uh, I was gonna say touch me. That sounds weird. I always let people like carry me, and then like uh, I never cried. I I I would like getting hugs and everything. Anyways, I was just great as a child. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's translated over to Amy now. So I think that proves our theory. Anyways, <laughs> J.K. Um, on the other hand, my brother. Whenever I feel jealous about my brother, I just ask for baby stories about my brother because he was the <laughs> devil incarnate. <laughs> oh. I'm remembering that my family just told me not to tell too many personal stories about them. (laughs) (laughs) To be to be fair, I think as a child I was like partially devil and (laughs) partial partial angel baby. Uh-huh, I want to want to um expand on that point. Okay. See, okay, when Amy was saying that um when Amy was about to talk about her childhood, I was like, okay, this is so interesting because I feel like Amy as a child, like I can see where Amy was coming from thinking like, oh yeah, children don't really have a personality because I feel like although Amy did have a personality when she was a kid, she was also I was a shy, lot quieter and shy yeah. than she is now, and I feel like she really grew into herself as she grew up. So like, yeah, and then I was gonna say, as a kid, I was very confident. I think I had like quite a personality growing up, and then, and then I gained a lot of self consciousness, and then I realized, um, I don't know, some like personal growth happened, and then I just became more, I don't know, like less outspoken. Yeah. I'll say I like that's interesting. I yeah, I've known Grace since she was partial devil incarnate partial angel. <laughs> and her personality really was quite different. And me too, my personality was also pretty different. So mm-hmm. oh my god, it's so weird how we've like just kind of switched sides. You've brought this up before. Yeah. But anyways, yes. yeah, like baby Grace was so fun to be around. <laughs> okay, not saying you're not fun to be around now, but I remember like baby me, I would just be like, yeah, Grace. <laughs> um you're still extremely fun to be around don't worry (laughs) but but yeah baby grace like i don't know the time i yeah she was a time (laughs) it was quite great it was amazing yeah i remember in elementary school i really admired the way you chased boys around i just i clearly remember having that yeah and then it just stuck with me so now i just like part of me respects grace for chasing boys around i guess (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's always there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. My, my proudest moment in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that new information, how much of our personality is nature and how much of it is nurture? Because if you if you took away all my memories, 
would I just revert back to being that shy Amy? And like, if I took away all of your memories, would you just become <laughs> very boisterous, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. See, because I don't know if it was my experiences that caused me to grow into a more, like, conscious of my actions person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was, I don't know how much of it was my experiences, because no one ever really told me off for it, because, because, like, again, I was only partial devil incarnation. I was <laughs> right, also partial right. angel baby. Right, right, So, right. like, no one, I never really got into trouble for my antics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you knew where the line was, and then you tiptoed over it very, uh, very gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. So, it wasn't any experience that caused me to like, grown to the person that I am today. I think that, I don't know. I don't know how much of it was just, like, growing up and realizing that, oh, um, the things that I do actually impact the people around me. And, like, oh, I want to be, like, a... Maybe I'm not a funner person to be around. Yes, funner is a word. Um, but, like, a more pleasant person to be around. <laughs> no, now you are both fun. No, I can't call little grace unpleasant either though she's like (laughs) she's there for a good time not a long time (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) that 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 captures it quite well (laughs) do you how much of your experiences do you think shaped the person that you are today and how much of it was just growing up hmm uh i think that I, I didn't like being shy, which was the thing. Like, I was shy naturally, I guess, but I never wanted to be shy, and I always looked up to more outspoken people and stuff like that. So, like, the current me is a success story. Wow, yeah. <laughs> JK. Well, not JK, but... Yeah, round of applause. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. so... It's like, I did... And then you did, too. Like, will yourself and work to become the current version of yourself that like adhered more closely to the people we wanted to become as children so like now that we've gone through that i don't know if we'd still revert to our old ways because okay the thing is like psychology or whatever i feel like um after living as ourselves like our current self so long like we would have already programmed certain responses in our brain I don't know exactly how that works, but it's just like, if Shy Amy saw someone at the library, she probably saw someone she knew at the library, she would probably like not go up and greet them or whatever, she'd be a little more shy. But now, current Amy, if she saw someone at the library, like, there's not even a second mm-hmm. thought behind it. So, it's like the fact that it's kind of like an automatic response, like an automatic instinct at this point i feel like i have already changed mm-hmm. my psychology in a way where i respond differently to the, how i would have in the past oh yeah that's such an interesting point because like by following certain pathways and making certain decisions every day we kind of condition our brains into making it a routine. yeah habit right yeah habit i think habit, there is a thing habit. saying that like yeah um if you practice a habit for 60 days or so mm-hmm. then yeah. you instill it in your brain so yeah. it's like an automatic response mm-hmm. and the yeah. other thing you were saying too about um us kind of willing ourselves into becoming the people we are today and being inspired by the people around us i wonder if that would have been different if we hadn't met the people we looked up to in life hmm. so if we hadn't had the experiences that we have with the people that we look up to and the people who we were like oh yeah that's who I want to be like then would we still be the people we are today because when you were saying that I realized that 
I don't think it's experiences necessarily that have shaped um, the version of who I want to be in my head. Because I think that comes first. I think first you develop a version of who you want to be in your head and then slowly you develop into that person if you're kind of like working on self-improvement. There's also, Mm -hmm. I guess, a more quote-unquote natural where you just like organically develop into a different person without thinking about it. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking about like us developing a person that we want to be or a version of self, a version of ourselves that we want to be. And I feel like for me, most of that comes from meeting people who inspire me and meeting people Mm. whose qualities I want to yoink and meeting people who like whenever you see them, you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're the most amazing person ever. And I wish I could be like them. Like, I wish I could. I don't know. Um, give off that aura that they give off or like be as kind as they are or be as inspiring as they are or stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's mostly meeting people that have shaped the version of myself that I want to be rather than specific experiences yeah I would say so too so in that case if you lost your memories like you would also lose the memories of the people who influenced you exactly yeah yeah but I don't know. I still feel like an impression of that would stay in your brain, even if you didn't. Because, like, when you want uh, to become a person, it's not you're not always referring to the person you got inspiration from. Mm-hmm. It's, like, also a more instinctual response, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder if... Okay, imagine there's an alternate timeline somewhere. And uh-huh. Amy and Grace, little Amy and Grace, met different people. Mm-hmm. Do you then like I would that? think we would become different people mm-hmm. or um I'm not really sure in my case because like I got I got some pressure from my parents um to be less shy <laughs> well because it was I don't know it's like the thing where you don't want to order food for yourself as a kid mm-hmm. and your car- parents just like tell you to and you're like <laughs> or like when you're really scared to call people mm-hmm. stuff like that so like I think I would have had to overcome my shyness eventually and then there weren't really mm, like I can definitely think of some people now but I don't really think little Amy uh compared herself to that people in that regard or at least I don't really remember it but yeah like for example if my parents didn't put such a heavy emphasis on becoming less shy then Mm -hmm. yeah I think I might have just stayed shy (laughs) (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that because I feel like some of some of the best friends that you'll ever have are like the people yeah. who at first they're kind of closed off but then as you get to know them you like get to see so much more of their personality and that's really rewarding and they're like some of the most loyal friends ever. Mhm. Yeah. So so if you didn't meet the people who inspired you, then you don't think you would have become the same person, right? In an alternate I'm not timeline. sure if I would. I think I would have naturally developed more of a filter as I grew up. Okay. I think yeah, that yeah. part of it was natural. Um, I think, but I think that a lot of it was basically in grade six. Um, I was in this middle school program and I met a lot of really amazing people through that program. And it was like a really, really, really nice community. And so 
because I had such an amazing experience. When I was in grade seven, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give the grade sixes the same experience that I had. So like I was inspired by all of the amazing people and teachers and community that I had in grade six. And I was basically trying to um, be able to replicate that and pass it on to the grade sixes <laughs> and make sure that they had as good of an experience in the program as I had. And I think that was mostly when it all started. Mm-hmm. Aw, that's sweet, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if Grace didn't go through that experience, then you think you'd be different right now? I think so. I think that, okay, because I've been thinking about this recently where um, just this year, like this is the first year I haven't been in a program mm-hmm. with since like elementary school. And it's not saying necessarily that like, special programs are better but I think the main pro that for me at least was just having that sense of community Mm -hmm. and I think Amy can relate to that with her IB program too yeah where you just get to know the same people more because you're with you know the same people for all your classes and then you've all got I don't know it's just that amazing sense of almost family and I think that if I hadn't gotten that then I feel like it might it might have turned out very different because right now this is the first year that I haven't had that sense of community in a long time and definitely this year I've been feeling a lot more mm, I don't know how to explain it like maybe not quite withdrawn but less putting myself out there because like other people don't know me as well and I think that I'm also kind of the type of person who um like once you get to know me more then I come out of my shell a lot more Mm -hmm. but like before you get to know me I'm kind of just like a blank slate (laughs) not a blank slate but like a portrayal of a very idealized person you don't really get to know me I get that um Because, like, okay, I remember our English teacher was talking about this once before, and then he said something along the lines of um, he wishes that, like, everyone was comfortable in his class, like, enough to show off their personality. Because, like, I definitely relate to how in some classes, like, the the vibe is just different. And then there are some people you don't necessarily feel that comfortable around, like, versus if you were in a class with all your friends, right? Then you would, like, be a lot more willing to share your thoughts and share your ideas. But otherwise, you tend to be more withdrawn and stuff like that. So I, I definitely relate to what you're saying. I'm also like that too. Like in some classes, I'm just like, wah! And some of them, I'm just like sitting in a corner. <laughs> yeah. 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 So all of that is to say that um, I feel like if I hadn't had those experiences or like met those people, I feel like I would have never gotten the chance to kind of like put myself out there more and develop my personality mm-hmm. and grow into the person that I am today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we are glad for all of our experiences and all the people we've met. Yeah. And, and that includes you listeners. So we just like to shout out everyone who stuck with us through the journey. Or even if you just listen to a few of our episodes. Or if this is the first episode that you're listening to. Wow. Very, very exciting. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. Welcome for welcome, welcome to the ride. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any feedback on the episode or just anything you'd like to share, you can tell us what you think about nature versus nurture and how much of your personality you think comes from your experiences. Please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram at 
to be honest pod that's right thank you so much for your support and if it's not too much trouble um we'd appreciate it very much if you'd head on over to apple podcasts or spotify and leave us a rating thank you very much and with that we'll We'll see you next next week. week